You're listening to the Career Coach Podcast, bringing you information, lived experiences and all-round career conversation. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Sharisha, and today I am joined by a special guest. We're going to be talking about internships. So this is going to be especially for those who are thinking about internships and maybe you are already in internships. So there are going to be some tips and advice to help you on that journey. So my special guest today, she's actually a friend of mine as well. And we met some years ago now. Um, at a a music concert in fact and it's funny that she's actually in the music industry as well but she's got good taste so you know that's (laughs) why we're we're friends I'd like to welcome to the show today Suneo hello hello thank you for having me no worries thanks for joining me so yeah do you want to introduce yourself obviously I've, I've introduced you like we know each other but do you want to say a little bit more about what you do um, so my name is Suneo. Um, I come from Botswana originally. I live in London, obviously, and um, I work in music. Um, I work at a record label called Entertainment One. And um, yeah, I do bits here and there. I do a bit of writing, a bit of photography. I'm an all-round creative person, I would say. Yeah. And yeah, so I just touched on a little bit in the intro that, you know, we met at a a music concert which actually was a brandy concert um, I remember about I would say what five years ago now maybe more? I think it was 2016 2017 yeah so it was the last time she played London which was some time ago but yeah, yeah we were literally standing I think I was standing behind you and your friend in the in the line with my sister yeah. and then we just started talking and then this came from that yeah and I, one thing I just admire about you is your your grind like your hustle and 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 I think that's why I was really you know wanted to, you to come on today and to speak about your journey um because I've just seen you just push through grind you're always like active and I think that's important when people especially with the music industry um you know people have to understand that it's a grind it's a a hustle especially if you don't you know you might not have the links or the connects to just get in there so I really wanted to you know you to share your journey and how you how it all started so how did you even you know did you study to get into your job now or how did it all begin I would say that for me it's always been there like I've always been someone who's always liked music whether it's like listening to music um, unfortunately I can't sing or play any instruments <laughs> but I've always just been a fan of music and I've just been fascinated about you know how it's made who the people that are that make the music and things like that and so I found that I always knew that it was something I would want to do um, I never knew how I would get there or what that would entail but I always knew that it was something that I would want to be as part of my life and so um it's a very interesting journey as to how I actually got to where I am because it's been a whole lot of different things that have just happened that I've just sort of led from one to another to another okay. um but I would say that for me the, the the interest and the passion has always been there and so that's been like the root for me okay so even growing up then what was your kind of you know your memories of music so um 
I always remember watching TV, watching MTV, TRL, all of those shows, Um, because I grew up in Botswana. And so it was always just like everything I saw on the TV or heard on the radio was like everything I was consuming at the time. So like Destiny's Child, um, Beyonce, um, Justin Timberlake, NSYNC, like it was such a huge array. Um, and then also, of course, my parents are, they're not musical per se, but they also play a lot of music in the house. And that was more, you know, um, music from Botswana and South Africa. So like artists like Mafiki Zolo, um, Brenda Fassi, more local artists. And then my dad was also into jazz as well. So it's kind of been all over the place, my musical tastes. But yeah, I would say that those were kind of like the, the main things that I heard that I was like, I really like this. But it 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 wasn't something I was considering until much later, but just as a consumer, I was just like obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you just said that you wasn't born in the UK. So coming from back home, when did you transition over into London? So I moved to London in 2008. So about, was that 12 years ago now? Okay. Um, 2008, yeah, 2008, 2009. So 12, so 12 years ago. And, um, my, I moved here because my mom got a job, so she was working here, and then obviously um, we, we all came with her. So even that was kind of like a, a culture shock, and, you know, just knowing everything that I knew from back home and then coming here was very different, you know, everything just in terms of, like, the pace and, you know, the lifestyle here was very different to being in Botswana and even just, like, the music and everything. But, yeah, because... I think for what I want to do and for what my interests are, it was perf- was probably more aligned with, with me. But at the same time, I never knew how I would have gotten here if I didn't come here, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like coming from Botswana, I never knew like what were ways that I could get into music because, you know, the the, the, the scene and, you know, just the, the avenues that you can go to are very limited. Okay. And so... I never actually thought actually how am I actually going to do this because I knew that oh I have interests but I'm actually I'm not actually sure how one gets there so I found that when I came here it was a big opportunity and it was a it was a big blessing for me to actually be able to exist in a space because the, the UK music scene is such a huge landscape and you know just the fact that there are record labels and you know things that exist and the infrastructure that exists here I think in where where I'm from the closest scene would probably be South Africa so that would that probably would have been something that I might have done later on if possible or if anything that was like the closest place where I could think of okay that's a musical hub Um, I'm probably gonna need to get there but coming here it's it's all kind of worked out I guess so in regards to like when you came over did you go straight into uni or was you still in like college age so I came here when I was 12. Okay. So I was, so when we came, I think I just started year eight. I think yeah, it was, it was the summer and then we started year eight. So it was just before my GCSEs. And then I did, and then I did the rest of my schooling here, A-levels, um, uni and yeah. Okay. So when you was like choosing GCSEs, A-levels and so forth, like, was you already thinking, yeah, I'm definitely going to go into the music industry or was, was there another plan at the time? Do you know what? As I've said, I always knew that it was something that I wanted to do, but I didn't actually know how it was achievable. Even at that time, I wasn't really thinking like, oh my gosh, I want to get into music. So let me do things that are going to help me 
get to that level. I think because I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do when I was younger, I was always kind of all over the place, just in general, just like, I didn't really know, okay, what do I want to do with my life? You know, some people know from the day that they're born, oh, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a lawyer. And then we, we worked, we worked towards that. I was just kind of like, always kind of go with the flow, see what happens. So at the time when I was doing my GCSEs and even my A-levels, I wasn't really thinking, oh, music, how, how do we get there? It was more just like, let me just get through school and then we'll see what happens. So like my, my choices were so all over the place. I did like business, I did economics, don't ask me why. I did history, biology, honestly, so all over the place. In hindsight now, I realized that I'm more of a creative person and even like the things that I do outside of my day-to-day job, like writing and, you know, doing radio and stuff like that, probably something media-based probably would have been suited to what my interests were. But at the time, I didn't know what that meant because I just thought if you're in media, you are a news reporter on on the news and, you know, that's kind of your your thing. So I didn't really get the realisation until I would probably say after or towards the end of uni that I was like, okay, this is how we're going to start to make this music thing happen. Okay. So, so when you got to uni then, um, what did you study? So I studied events management at uni. Um, and then before I did a BA in events management. And before then I did a foundation in business administration. Um, so yeah, at, at the University of Greenwich. Okay. And like, how, what did that entail? How did that help you start to kind of figure out, yeah, like this is for me or this isn't for me? So when I was doing my A-levels and I was doing business, we got to the module that was talking about like marketing and publicity and, you know, PR and that kind of stuff kind of um, did something to me. It, 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 I kind of had a calling or a, an interest in that avenue. So when I was applying to uni, those were the courses that I was applying to. So I applied to do like marketing, PR, because I thought, okay, I kind of think that these things might be interesting. Let me see what this is about. Um, so I applied and then I didn't get the grades I needed to. So I didn't get into any of those courses. And so instead I ended up doing a foundation business administration because I figured, okay, business is kind of broad. So you can kind of go anywhere from it. You can kind of see what happens. So in that year when I was doing my foundation, that was when I decided to really think about, okay, what am I actually interested in and what actually do I want to do? And for me it was always something that like I was always interested in like events and like behind the scenes and things like that So like when I was young in Botswana my mom had a bridal shop and she used to put on like a fashion show every year and you know that would be a thing so even like being around that and then you know growing up I was like okay cool so when I got to uni and I was thinking about what I actually wanted to do that's when I started thinking about more like okay cool so if I want to do if I'm interested in events and I want to work in music like what kind of stuff can I do and at the time I was thinking about like you know concerts or like you know big events like the Grammys um like you know these things where it requires a lot of people to come together and and make it happen so more behind the scenes that kind of stuff and so that's when I started thinking about okay so if I'm doing like events that in that that entails like festivals music concerts all of these different things and so I would say that's probably what led me more towards going to events and then thinking specifically about music and events and so so yeah but the course itself was a general overview of just all events in general 
risk assessments, health and safety, all, all, all a range of different things. But I would say that it was during that time I was probably starting to think about music and, and how I can how I can use this to get into the music industry. And earlier you mentioned that, you know, you didn't get the grades at the time. And um, like, what kind of advice would you give to someone that, you know, maybe they haven't got the grades, they didn't get into uni this year, you know, obviously COVID has affected a lot of things, but maybe just in general, they didn't get the grades and, and stuff like that. How did you come to the decision to still find an alternative route? Did you speak to careers advisors, mentor, your family? Like, how did that conversation come about? Listen, I have always hated results day with a passion. Results day has never been anything that I've always been like, it's here, yay. I remember the day I got my uni results, I was literally like on the phone crying because I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to go to uni. I'm not going to like, what, what's going to happen? And then it was just, I don't know. I didn't, I don't, I don't really remember. I just didn't realize that, okay, everything happens for a reason. So if I didn't get into those courses, then I'm getting this chance to study business for um, a year. Let me use this time to now figure out what we're gonna do, how we're gonna navigate this setback per se. And so it was in that time when I thought, okay, if I wanna go into music and I wanna go into events, what things can I do now to still make that happen for me but just go about it in a different way. So like every assignment that we got, like whether it was like writing an essay on this or whatever, I remember we had to like a research project and the, the topic that I chose for my research project was talking about how streaming and, you know, the, the boom of like MP3 Napster basically affected the digital sales of music and how that impacted the music industry. So like any way that I could find a way to fit it into my curriculum, that's what I did because I figured, okay, I can still somewhat try to navigate and figure out how. And then at the time I also was working at a hospitality um, agency. So I was doing a lot of like staffing and working at different like events and, you know, different things um, just here, then everywhere, just basically trying to get a feel for, okay, what, like what, what, what sort of stuff am I interested in? I mean, hospitality for me was not the one. So I knew that that side of things was not gonna be the one for me. Um, so yeah, but I think, and I think cause it's very, it can be very disheartening and you can think that, oh my gosh, if I didn't get into, you know, I didn't get the grades that I want. What do I do now? Where, where do you go from here? But I've come to realize that everything happens for a reason yeah. and that certain things happen and they can push you in directions that you never thought of going into. But at the end of the day, you can still end up where you're going to go. Yeah, I think that's important as well, because I've had a similar experience where I didn't get the grades for A-levels. And I was just like, everyone was going off to uni and it was just like, OK, what am I going to do? And I was working in retail and like I wasn't trying to work in that field. That wasn't where I saw myself going in the future. It was more of a weekend role to kind of keep things afloat while I was studying and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I remember doing clearing, actually, because I didn't do the UCAS route originally, because at the time I was just like, no, nah, I'd kind of given up, actually, on the thought of going to university. Mm. My grades and actually thought, maybe I could try and go, went through clearing, getting lots of no's, uh, calling around every uni going. And I, I ended up at Greenwich myself and I actually studied BA business study. So I, I definitely believe in what you just said in terms of I think it's also a mindset thing if you yeah. you even though 
the circumstances around you might seem like it's not going in your favor. I think it's more of, you know, coming to the conclusion that no, come what may, I'm going to push through. I'm going to get from here to there. And um, sometimes, yes, alternative routes, but knowing eventually it will steer back into the right direction. Yeah. Because I think we take um, failure and rejection as quite a negative thing, but ultimately doors closing might mean it's actually pushing you in a direction you should have been going in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, probably with COVID and stuff like that, I know a lot of people have um, been affected in terms of their results and there may be someone listening who's, you know, not got that, you know, the outcome they wanted and they might be thinking that things are over, but it's just to encourage anyone that even as an adult I went back and did my master's in a later stage of my life because as well financially it was expensive to study full-time and not work but you know there's never kind of like the the ideal moment I think it's just what works for you I should say ideal age because I think people see education as when you're young but yeah for me as a as an adult now I went back to, to do my master's and completed it this year so it's just whatever works for your circumstance and I think it's trying to remember that and not always kind of focusing on what other people are doing but no definitely definitely yeah so so yeah so talk me through through uni how did you know how did you you know start to stumble into the music industry what was that kind of first you know moment of getting I don't know what in your internship so I did I've done a few internships now to date and I think that for me it was again this idea of like okay now how do I now get my foot in the door because that's the thing I had no musical ties. I didn't know anyone who works in the music industry. I didn't necessarily know what the best way to go about it was. I just figured like, okay, let me just try every avenue. I remember in uni, particularly in like my second year, I used to go to like any and every networking event, anything that was like how to get into the music industry thing. I was just going everywhere, weekends, after, after evenings, you would see me there. And it was just more of like, let me put myself in these spaces where I can actually, you know, see people who work in music, see what the different areas are, and then see what areas are for me. So that was just like the general beginning of like, okay, getting, doing the research. And then the first sort of internship job, I would say I got was working at a company called Girls I Rate. And that was something that I had actually seen on social media. It was like, oh, we're looking for social media interns, blah, blah, blah. So I had applied and then um, I, I, I did that. And that was literally through, so for my uni for our second year, one of our courses, one of the modules was that we had to put on our own live event. So um, the event that I had done was putting on this like empowerment conference. And so we had like, you know, we're doing, we had, we had guest speakers and we had like salsa lessons. And then we oh. had um, another element, which I can't remember. But at the time we were sort of just like looking at different organizations that were all about like female empowerment. And then Girls Irate was one of the ones I came across just when I was literally scrolling randomly. So, so that was, I would say my first proper like role in the industry. Mm-hmm. And then I was there for maybe just over a year, a year, a year and a bit. So just before I finished uni, um, when I was about to my dissertation, that's when I finished because you know we had to we had to we had, we had to make sure that we actually down. finished. Yeah, we had to we had to put the work down and actually finish uni, and then from there, because at that time I think I had already 
started doing a bit of journalism writing per se I don't consider myself to be a journalist because that always feels so like proper like you know and I just don't think that I'm like a proper it's just something that I enjoy doing on the side but at that time I had already started doing a bit of writing I had met you yeah. and of course we used to work together um, on your on your girl's perspective blog and so I was doing that and then I was also doing a bit of writing for other sort of online publications so I was also sort of interested in this other side of like writing about music you know reviewing albums going to live shows covering that and so that was another part of industry that I was interested in as well and so between that and girls I read I would feel like that was but that was what I that was my first sort of introduction into the industry and then from girls I read I came across this online sort of it was a group that was being put together by this company called Creative Media Networks. And they were looking for like young people who wanted to get into music to put together this event called Soho Music Month in, I think it was June of 2018. So at that time I was like, okay, I have nothing to lose. Let me just see what happens. I had met two of the people that were involved already because I had done a project for Union and I interviewed them. And that actually, that project I had done for Union was about people that work behind the scenes in music and it was this website I had built called Behind Entertainment and so I interviewed two of the people that were part of this project and I just asked them about it and I said is there any chance that I could could get involved and they were like sure come let's do an interview whatever so I ended up doing it and there was a bunch I think there was 15 of us young people most of us had all were in our last year of uni or were just finishing uni and it was basically just you know young people wanting to get into the creative industries put this thing together so that ended up being a group that I'm part of called Platform London and as I said we put together a month-long series of events um, on Carnaby Street because the whole event was about bringing music and creativity um, celebrating that on Carnaby Street because it used to be quite a big area back in the day for like music and there was a lot going on at that time so I did that and I feel like that also helped kind of push me more into the music scene as well Mm. because again with platform I was able to meet different people and we did we, we did events with like Grime Daily we had an exhibition with Red Bull Music we had different panels and different talks all in like the space that we had on Carnaby Street. And so even through that, it was like, you know, meeting different people from the industry, getting to work with people in the industry. And then also us as young people getting to do this thing that we were, you know, putting together, which was a cool thing. And then we ended up then getting our own radio show on Soho Radio because of that, because of the stuff we did for Soho Music Month. And so that's something that we were able to do, which we which we do still do now. Obviously not now because of COVID, but it's something that has been we've been doing since then. And so I feel like those are probably like my roots beginnings. Mm-hmm. And then I would say from there, I ended up doing an internship at a company called Global Citizen, which was actually completely outside of music. So it had nothing to do with music. They are a global development company and the one aspect that they do that was what that led me to them was that every year they put together this concert in New York called Global Citizen Festival. Mm-hmm. And they've had people like Jay-Z, Beyonce, Coldplay, all of these big people play at their festivals. And their whole thing is like fundraising 
and you know because their aim is all about you know trying to end poverty like like we all are and so they were putting together um their first concert in london and this was again i think it was in 2018 if i can remember yeah 2018 and when i when i did the internship that was like the main thing i was working on well because i joined like a week before it started so it was a lot of like behind the scenes and working with the event manager and just doing all of that so that for me i would say was like the interest and the part that really excited me about working there how like how did that even come about so how that even came about I do not even remember I feel like again it was just like a a random scrolling sometimes when to do at the time is I would literally have like every Saturday or like every every other week I would literally go online and just search for any jobs in the music industry I applied to all the internships at all the labels. I applied to all the like entry level stuff that I could find. And even throughout uni, because my course was really good in the fact that they always sent us things for like volunteering, just like at different events and different things that were going on, not just in music, but everywhere. So I've done fashion week, conferences, trade, trade exhibition shows and all of that stuff. So I was always doing volunteering stuff and just, you know, anywhere that I could be seen, I, I was there. And so with Global Citizen, I think a friend of mine had told me about it, but I, because I, I had seen that it was coming and it was going to be at Brixton. And I think that year it was like Emily Sunday, Naughty Boy, Kojo Funds. I don't know. I don't remember who else performed, but there were a few people who were, who were going to be performing. And so... I applied and then I, I happened to get the role and it was literally like a week after I applied because it was a quick recruitment process and then the following week the event was taking place so when I started it was very like hands-on the event is literally next week we need all the help we can get so I, I was mainly working with the um, event manager and just like assisting doing like the ticketing and like backstage stuff you know, working with like photographers to get pictures and things, all of different bits and bobs, putting together goodie bags, all of this different stuff. And so I feel like for me, it was at that time where I realized that like, okay, I feel like production is something that I might want to explore further. So like working behind the scenes and like doing the actual event itself. So that put that seed in my brain where I was like, okay, I feel like if I'm going to go into music, because by then I had done social media. I realized that like social media, as great as it was, was just not for me. Yeah. I'm not that person. I had done different things for Soho Music Month, which again was all interesting. And kind of, I feel like that was more kind of rounded into different areas. And it was again also more behind the scenes event stuff, which I really enjoyed. And then the, the writing stuff I enjoyed as well. And then the radio stuff I was enjoying as well. So at the time, I was kind of just not sure as to what area do I actually want to go into because I was doing all of these things and liking them all. So and would so, you advise then for someone that's not sure to try out as many different things as they can to figure it out rather than just assume, oh, I don't like that? You know? Well, yes. Well, I feel like for me, that's, that's how it's always been because I've just always been open. So I feel like... If you have a set thing in mind and you know that, okay, this is what I want to do, then that, then great. I think if that's for you, then definitely do it. But I think don't close your mind off of other things because you don't know what could come of certain things. Like if I said that, oh, I only want to do PR, that's it, nothing else. 
then closing my mind off to everything else would just mean that I have no idea if, and if I do PR and I hate it, then I have no idea what else is out there. And I think what I've come to learn is because the music industry is so multifaceted in that there's so much there. Like I was even surprised and I realized the first time I, I, I experienced this was when I was at Sony, which I'll get to, when I just realized just how many roles and just how many things people do in the music industry that people are not aware of. So for me, I'm just always like open mind, put myself in the situation, see what happens. There's been internships that I've loved and there's been internships that I have just like never again. But I always think that it's not wasted because I've been able to take something away from that. And at least I know, okay, either I'm not gonna do it or okay, I might wanna explore that a bit further. So my advice is always to anyone, just keep an open mind and just, you know, be open to trying anything and different things. Because the good thing is also when you learn what you don't know, that's also a lesson to be learned as well. You're listening to the Career Coach Podcast, bringing you information, lived experiences and all round career conversation. In regards to like the process of going through the interviews for these internships, like what was that like were they usually you send a cv in or was it an application so yeah in the beginning when I was applying for like intern for, for the internships it was more it was mostly cv cover letter okay. and so because I had done this when I was at uni I was fortunate because my course had well the the business school the the, the, the part of the school that I was in had a good like careers um career what were they called career department I would say so they used to be able to like help you so if you were putting together a CV they would help you like look over your CV for you and they would do like practice interviews and that kind of stuff so I was fortunate that I was able to get those resources when I was still at uni because again in the beginning I was just like oh great because that's always the catch-22 when you're applying for these things when it's like I have no experience but in order to to get the job they want experience so like I remember in the beginning I put on there like awards that I'd gotten in like school from like you know IT and just like you know the school awards I used to get and then I had randomly done work experience at this architecture firm which was just like so random but I just remember putting anything that I could on my CV to start with and then obviously as I was then like because that was also when I was volunteering and doing stuff like that I was then able to put more relevant things on there. Um, so could you say then um, it's really important then in whether it's secondary school, college, wherever you can try and make sure you're, you're like getting involved in events and... Yeah, I would say so. I, I would say so. Because oh. I think for me as well, it's... I've And what I've come to realise when like applying for jobs, I mean, I think it's not necessarily about specific experience you've had per se more so like the skills Mm -hmm. and you know those types of things like okay even if I've never worked in music before the fact that I did an internship at an architecture firm meant that you know I have used a computer and I know how to use certain softwares for example you know if I was head of student council, I've got leadership skills. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that is more so the things that you do that can lend yourself to certain skills or certain things that you may need to, to get those things. Because I always think that 
if they're looking for certain things and also they are um, looking for certain experiences those are all things that you can kind of learn and yeah. be taught as you're doing the job if you yeah. get the job yeah. so I uh, yeah so but that's because that, I feel like for me that was also a thing in the beginning when I was thinking about like okay I haven't actually done much things music related to music specifically but you know I've done a bunch of volunteering here there so I mean obviously along the way some of that has been relevant because I was then able to get the job but yeah I would say especially in the beginning don't let the whole like oh must know how to do this that this that that discourage you because yeah. just think about what you can what you can bring to the role yourself and what skills because I think as well I personally feel like it actually can be an advantage because I think if you have different skills and different experiences you bring a different perspective and I think that's where it can help because if we're all hiring the same people which has always tend which has always tend to be the case just in in any job per se someone who has never worked in music but say has a career working in like I don't know accounting or like something that requires like a logical skill set you can bring your point of view and you can bring your perspectives and you can look at something in a way that someone else has never thought of before. Yeah. Especially if you're in the industry. Because exactly. is, is yeah. like it's yeah. eyes. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that can I think that can be a good thing um sometimes. So yeah. And what do you what would you say is like been a key to your success? So when you was talking about um said global what's the name of the company global citizen yes um global citizens you said you did stuff like Graham daily was there and other organizations um did you network then when you see like especially names like Graham daily and especially for the uk were you there like okay who can i talk to who can i at least try and make sure that they might know my name or get an email address you know i feel like i've always been a good networker in terms of the fact that but i think i've also always understood that it's not just about, oh, oh my gosh, she works at a record label or he works for, for a publication I want to write for. Let me go and, you know, hound, hound, hound. I think you have to be smart in the way that you connect with people because at the end of the day, there are people. So yeah. it's not just to say, oh, hey, hi, I want to work for, for your record label. Can you help me get a job? You have to kind of build and sort of cultivate a relationship. Yeah. And I think for me personally, because I remember in the beginning, and I know that it can be quite daunting to start with because it was just me going, like whether I had a friend or whether I was by myself, I would always just be like, okay, do you know what? I'm just going to put myself out there and just see what happens. And, you know, going up to a room where you don't know anyone in there can be quite an intimidating process and can be quite an intimidating thing. And I'm just always like, okay, let me just put myself out there, swallow this and do it and go in with like, oh, I like your shoes how how was your day today you know an icebreaker and then that can lead to a conversation I remember everyone heard about LinkedIn like LinkedIn was the thing oh everyone get a LinkedIn create a LinkedIn profile and I didn't really take it too seriously until I would say I was approaching the end of uni when I was doing my behind the entertainment project because I wanted to interview people specifically that worked in music so I remember I would just literally spend days on LinkedIn just like connecting with anyone that I knew worked in any role in music. And mm-hmm. then if, if, if they allowed me to interview them, then, you know, that would then be a thing. And actually, funny enough, is how I actually ended up getting my internship at Sony was through LinkedIn. 
which which I'll get to, but you know, all these different avenues where you meet people, but it's not just about I want something from you, help me get it. Yeah. It's also, you know, cultivating an actual relationship and you know, one that is like, okay, I feel because I always feel a certain type of way, even now, asking people for things is like a thing of like, okay. I'm not really sure if like this is the right way to go about it. Like if I want, you know, advice or anything like that. But from what I found is most people are actually really friendly and most people actually really are willing to speak to you. But I think it's just the way how you go about is the difference. But I definitely think, especially for starting out, it's just being able to put yourself out there. And some people do it naturally and, you know, they do it well and other people find it difficult. But I think finding a way that works for you and then just, you know, going down that avenue. And I think that's important as well. You've got to find a way that's comfortable to you so it comes across organically. Um, and again, if you're someone that does, you know, find it a struggle to speak to people, you know, because it's all, all about confidence as well. Yeah. And, and being able to do things fearlessly. And I think as well, the older you get, you become more conscious of that. You know, when you're younger, you're quite fearless. And that it's a lot of people approach people because you don't really think, oh, what can if they they air me or they don't respond or whereas and when you're older you're thinking oh if they air me and then when I see them in Satan it just gets all political do you know what but that is so true and I feel like that was always my mindset as well it's like okay either I'm gonna go to this person and they're gonna air me or they're not and also what I've come to realize is that if you don't if you don't do it you won't know yeah exactly so in, in, the, in, the, in the exact sentiment that you just said, it's like, okay, you have two choices. Either they're going either, either to ignore you, which is fine, whatever, or they're going to let you, they're going to connect with you. And then you have, you know, you have something, but it's putting yourself out there in the first place, which you say, like you say right now, when you're younger, you tend to be more careless about it. And I definitely agree because I feel like even now, I think people also think that because when you work in music, you always think that oh people want things from you from people yeah. certain positions and certain people that, that are in certain positions you might think oh if I ask her she might just think I'm being a beg or, or if I if if I ask for this favor or if I, if I want ask to grab coffee they might think oh what did this person want from me you know so I think it's very fine line but again I think you can only it's win or lose yeah. and so you you might as well just cut your losses and just try and see what happens. And you're going to lose anyway by not trying. So you must. Exactly. Rather than, rather than think, oh, I wonder if, yeah, yeah that's so exactly. true. Exactly. So when you was with um, Golden Global Citizens, like what kind of things, like how did the event go? How did you, you know, maneuver your way through that internship? So the event was actually like quite a small part of the internship. Because as I said, when I started, it was like the week, it was like a week later. Mm-hmm. So when that finished, I was like, okay, cool that's fine and the rest of the internship was really good I mean it was just a good learning lesson for me just to know the, the organization and actually because it was a, a small team but actually what I really enjoyed about it as well is because most of the team were like young people and again we all kind of had different experiences and we all had different interests but I think the common ground that we had was music mm-hmm. so like a lot of our conversations at lunchtime or like a lot of the things that we would spend time discussing was like oh have you the Beyonce concert which most of us had gone to like oh what's the best Kanye West album you know these types of things and actually one of the people who was working Global Citizen had actually done an internship at Sony before before then and so everyone they kind of had different had had different experiences and actually it was at that time 
when I had applied for the Sony internship the first time because I didn't get it and then joined late before now. So he was helping me when I did an application and then obviously, unfortunately, I didn't get that. But then at that time, I was thinking about, okay, cool. I knew that the life side was kind of what I wanted to think about now, having done the event, like behind the scenes production, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And also the event manager as well was also working like backstage and had done, you know, concerts for Coldplay, went on the Beyonce tour. And so again, was working like behind the scenes. So I thought, oh, this might be the avenue that I want to, to go down. So as the internship progressed and I was coming towards the end, I was thinking more of like, okay, maybe let me try looking at like the live side. So like looking at companies like Live Nation, places like the O2, just thinking about, okay, what, what aspects could I get into working in that side of the industry? And so what happened next is I ended up getting an internship at a PR and events company called Kingdom Collective. And how that, how that had come about is I was talking to one of the women at Global Citizen who worked in marketing. And she had told me about a friend of hers who owned a small PR agency called Kingdom Collective. And so I basically told her about the fact that, oh, I want to work in music. I'm interested in music, et cetera, et cetera. And she had also done some other things before. So she worked at like Red Bull and she had done stuff with other music and, you know, other companies before she was at Global Citizen. And so she just, and that was literally just like a conversation that we had in our lunch. And she was just like, okay, oh, send me your CV. And, you know, I can try and see if I can get it to, I can send it to my friend and see if anything happens from there. And I feel like that for me was like the first time I was like, oh, okay, cool. So things like this can actually happen. Because, you know, when you hear stories of like, oh, a friend of a friend, oh, I met someone who got me a job at that place, that place. I was just like nepotism. Okay, cool. That's Because that's the thing is when people think that you have to know someone to get in certain places and so that was like the first the first experience when I was like oh okay so wow this is this is crazy and also the fact that up until then we hadn't really had like a proper conversation per se but it was like in our lunch break we were just walking because there was a park nearby and she was just sort of asking me like oh so what things are you into like what are you thinking of and I and this is what came out of a conversation so um, I ended up getting an interview at Kingdom Collective and funnily enough, which I didn't even know until I got to the interview, is one of the people that worked at the agency. Because at this time, writing has always been something that has been ongoing. Mm -hmm. So I've always been doing it. And at that time, I was working for a publication called Asbo Magazine. And I was doing a lot of music stuff for them. So like covering a lot of live shows, artist interviews, photo shoots, that kind of stuff. And actually, I'd, I, I had met her at a show. Okay. Um, I didn't remember her, but she remembered me. She was like, oh, I remember um, there was a show you came to, you covered it for your magazine. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, interesting. So again, you know, when you meet people, yeah. um, sometimes it's like, okay, oh, wow. You know, you, and then you don't realize that, oh, wow, in, in the later stages or at different times, people could remember you and that kind of stuff. So I ended up getting that interview, that internship, and that was more PR so like, you know, sending out press releases, doing all of like media clippings, because we were working with Red Bull Music at the time um, for Nottingham Carnival. And so I did Carnival and that was like the big thing that I had done as part of my internship. 
and that was just like an interesting experience of like you know because I'd never been to carnival but that was a very interesting experience so and, um, directly with Red Bull or so Red Bull was one of the clients and so we did a lot of like the influencer things so, yeah, so, so we worked directly with Red Bull okay. um so we worked with main like the influencers and um we have obviously the float that they have as well so we were on the float as well and it was just like you know getting coverage making sure that the influencers were, were all okay. So we worked with like Nella Rose and a few of these other, a few, a few of these other young influencers at the time. And so that was mainly what I was doing. So I was basically like responsible for me doing like social media, checking that people were doing social media coverage, like backstage, making sure that like, you know, people who were supposed to be interviewing such and such were getting their interviews done and that kind of things. So, I mean, it was nice but I just realized that it wasn't for me. Yeah. So again, from from the experience, I knew that, okay, PR, cute, but it's not what I personally would want to. And people often think PR is like the glamorous side. It's very yeah. Yeah. Events and lots of free things. And like, I think I, even for myself, like I've not worked in those fields, but you just have this ideology that like, yeah, PR is such an amazing experience. You get to travel. It depends on obviously what brand you're working with, of course. I think PR just got this like... And you know, because I think as I'd mentioned to you before, when I was doing business and that that, that was the module that I had read on, like because that was the course I had applied for, it was because of this exact thing. I thought, okay, PR it's the fun side we get to, you know, you get to do all these things. I mean, maybe because I was like the intern or whatever, but I spent a lot of time in the post office, you know, sending <laughs> things out to people and, you know, putting together spreadsheets when you have to go through all it's the papers on a daily basis, yeah. doing all of like the coverage reports. And it was just like, I mean, those aspects do exist. And, you know, obviously getting to be a part of Carnival and being on the Red Bull float was something that I really enjoyed and was like, wow, I don't I don't know when I would have ever experienced it that either. Cause also we have like our own sound stage as well. Yeah. So you know, um stage, yeah. doing that as well was quite fun. But again, there's always another side of like, you know, the stuff you have to do behind the scenes before yeah. that happens. And even after when you have to do like the whole wrap-up report, make sure you get all of the coverage in, you know taking care of influencers, making sure if there's any issues, you, you're dealing with that. So I think that, you know, that was a good eye-opening. And again, as I said before, I think this is what we also get when we step into these worlds because we realize that, like, okay, it's not for me. It's not something I enjoyed. So it was not going to be anything that I would, I would want to pursue further. But now I understand PR and what it entails. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a better understanding of that aspect of the business. So for me, I'm always just like, okay, cool learning lesson we took from my experience and also you know I met some great people there and you know for me I've always been the type of person that like when I leave a job it's never like okay I'm just gone and you never see me again like even to this day now I still keep in touch with the people from Global Citizen and you know some of the people that I've worked with in the past before because I've just always thought that you know 
we've cultivated these good relationships not to say that i don't know if i'll ever need them again but just like genuine friendships no and know. Yeah, yeah just like genuine friendships and just you know these are people that i know and you know once in a while i'll go back pop up say hello mm-hmm. you know and you know these types of things so I, i always think that it's important to kind of maintain that relationship flowing good, yeah. maintain good relationships yeah. maintain good relationships and so we got to the end of my internship at at kingdom collective and then i kind of had reached a, a dead point because i was applying for jobs and now by this time i graduated uni so the first job i had when i finished uni was global citizen and then from global citizen it was at kingdom collective so i was now obviously thinking about like okay now I've finished uni i want to get like a proper job when like, i get paid <laughs> i want to get paid because yeah. actually because that was a thing as well up until that point most of the internships i had done were unpaid at girls i read i started off as a social media intern and then i was a admin assistant so when i was an admin assistant i got paid in that role but even still it was like you know london living wage you know and then with some of the other ones it was just like paid expenses or paid lunch whatever yeah. so happened so now i was like okay i want to get paid i want to get a proper thing and obviously this was when i had not gotten the sony internship so i was still applying for you know anything i was seeing entry level and luckily at that time i still had platform london so again platform was something that i was still doing actively on the side as well as my writing so i was still kind of doing things in the music space but i was looking for something that was a bit more solid like a proper job so and so you before you go into that like in terms of because i think pay is like a is an important subject and so how was you able to maintain yourself during these periods because you know you talked about a lot of internships and traveling and all of this stuff so how was you able to cope financially i was lucky during uni that i lived at home because okay. um my uni was only like 30 40 minutes from my house so rather than like move into halls and you know do all that i opted to stay home and so obviously this there's, there's a there's a certain security that you have living at home and so when i was doing my internships i was lucky that i was in that situation but obviously i know that not everyone finds themselves in those situations and i think i think now it's better and people are just trying to get rid of unpaid internships altogether because you know you realize that like especially now and living in london is expensive yeah. and you want to be able to get paid for the work that you're doing i think in the beginning i just because i was like i don't have any experience and i think this this can also be a, a mindset that people fall into is that because you don't have any experience you just take anything for nothing when actually even though yes that might be the case i believe that you should still be paid for the work that you're doing because you know not just not just because we all want to survive you know in what is a very expensive place to live but also just knowing that you know your work is worth something yeah and i think cuz for me the stuff that i've always done that was unpaid that was like you know writing for as post like most of the writing stuff that i did in the beginning i wasn't paid for and like you know even um with platform in the beginning it was just like young people coming together not necessarily a paid thing but for me in those situations i always took the experience and what i was getting out of it as the payment because i knew that okay i'm meeting these people i'm networking 
for ASPO, for example, when I was there, you know, I was able to get myself on the red carpet for Black Panther, going to all of these shows um, via press, so not having to like pay for a ticket. Yeah. So like all of these different things where I was able to kind of just like, you know, manage without financially having to, financially having to suffer. But then, I mean, I realized now when I'm not at home anymore and I'm just like, wow, the fact that I was at home was a big thing because yeah. as I mentioned before, I had that security. So it wasn't like if I didn't get my money or if I didn't get paid, I was I was out on the streets. Like I, I was still at home, so it was comfortable. But I think it's definitely a thing. And I think now more than ever, people should take value in the work that other people do for them. Yeah. And I mean, as I said before, even if it, even if it's just like, London living wage something I personally feel something is better than nothing yeah and so yeah so, and it wasn't actually even until because most of the stuff that I was doing was then like London living wage so like basically whatever the, the lowest you could pay but so that for you me, ever was, willing to um have that conversation with any of your internships to say you know I believe that I might have started for free but now I believe I should be getting pay or anything I'll be honest with you and I'll say no I didn't because I never thought of it as like, okay, because the one that I did, which I didn't get paid for, which I mentioned was Girls I Read, then ended up getting paid for because I was promoted to an assistant. was like, okay, cool. I'm not intern level anymore. And then the few internships I had done that were actually like proper internships. So the, the, the Global Citizen one and the Kingdom Collective one, those were both paid. So I didn't need to have those conversations because there was payment already. But I think... For anyone who is in that space and trying to have those conversations, it's always good to just go in and just let them know that, you know, yes, this is what you are expecting from me. Because, I mean, I don't really have experience with this, but like everything can, everything is a negotiation. And the fact of the matter is that if they're looking for someone, they want you. And I think that's what people, people often forget. Me, certainly, I didn't realize that like, oh, wait, when you're in an interview setting, it's actually, they need you more than you need them. Yeah. As much as you might want the job, the fact that they are hiring and they are interviewing you means that they need you. So therefore, you somewhat have power in the power. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is something that you should consider and you should think about when you're going into the situation because it's like, okay, as much times as it's always like, oh, you know, give me the job, I'll do an excellent job for you. You also have to ask yourself, wait, what can you do for me? And yeah. I think especially financially i mean i say all this having never having never negotiated because i think most times people just you know take what they are given it's like i'm happy with opportunity i'll take it but you don't realize that actually you can negotiate and you can get yourself a better deal per se yeah if you just um like you say walking with that confidence and understand that this is what we want to get and then we can make it work for both parties if that makes sense so you was just uh, speaking about uh, before, you know, that you was now finishing uni, trying to secure something more permanent. And so, yeah, how, how was that process? So that was, wow, job hunting. I can't tell you how many CVs I sent out. And at that time, I was applying to anything in events, anything in music, anything related to music and events. And just like, you know, seeing what was out there, any and everything. And I remember there was a few when I would always get to like assessment center or like first interview. 
but then there was a, there was always a stage where I would like fall flat and it would be like okay thanks but no thanks thanks but no thanks thanks but no thanks so I was just like oh gosh and unfortunately it's just a process where you just have to keep on going as grueling as it is you just have to keep on going and as I said before I used to literally spend like Saturday mornings where I would literally like have all of the companies on the tabs and I would literally go to each one and look at their career section and then you know any job I thought was interesting apply 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 and that was something I did on like a constant basis and so when it came to the Sony one how I even saw that and that came to my attention is I was doing a random LinkedIn scroll as one does occasionally at that time someone I connected with to interview for my uni project behind entertainment I was following them on LinkedIn and her name is Victoria Needs and she had posted on her LinkedIn post that we're looking for an international marketing intern at Sony. Anyone interested, let me know, etc. etc. So when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, okay, interesting. Again, international marketing, I'm not really sure what that is. Because at this time, I would say I was more focused in wanting to get into either production live that aspect so I wasn't even thinking about a label or anything like that I was just thinking specifically in that area yeah. so when I saw that and I was like oh okay I've never really thought about a label or you know marketing or anything specifically like that but let me just go for it and see what happens so I messaged her on LinkedIn and she sent me her email and then I emailed her CV to her and maybe this was around November mid-November of 2018 and in her post she has said that we're looking for someone to start immediately so I'm thinking immediately is like you need me to start on Monday yeah and so I'm just like that's fine because I'm here I'm jobless I'm available yeah so I sent the email to her she said thanks and then I never heard anything back so it just went quiet and I just went on I went on with my life carried on doing my different bits and then December passed I literally slipped my mind completely and then come the 3rd of January, you know, the first day back from work when after the new year, yeah, like that, yeah. that Monday, I was literally in my kitchen downstairs having my breakfast. And then I get an email from my phone. Hey, this is the HR person from Sony. We got your CV and we'd like to come in for an interview. And at this time, I was like, oh my goodness, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, like, what? Later. Yeah, because yeah, you said ASAP and that was like two months ago. Yeah. So they were just like, can you come in for an interview? And I think they asked me for a telephone interview first was the first stage. So I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, sure. So then on the day of my telephone interview, I got myself ready, had my points together. And then it's the time of the interview. And then I'm not getting a phone call. So I'm just like, okay did I get the date wrong like what's gone what's happened so it turns out that the, that the person was sick on that day so I didn't do the, the phone call that day but I remember thinking like, what's going on I remember trying to call <laughs> Sony like hi I'm supposed to have an I interview them, yeah. and I, I said the name of the person and she was just like oh there's no one here that works here by that name I was just like, I'm sorry, like, yeah. what? I have an email. I'm, I'm supposed to be getting a phone call. So then she, she, she emailed me the next day saying she was sick, so she couldn't do it. So I ended up doing the telephone interview. And I feel like I'm always the type of person that like any sort of job interview setting, I always tend to just like black out after, as in I can never tell you like, oh, 
I think that went well. I'm always just like I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I just talk as I am now. I ramble, hoping that I'm making some sort of sense yeah. and I'm saying something that you want to hear from me. And then we just see how it goes. Yeah. So um, luckily at that time they were like, "Could you come in for a second interview?" So I then went into Sony and I met my line manager and I had an interview with her. And again, because this was, I think the whole process was like a week. So it was quite quick. So it was like phone call, phone interview. And then the next day, oh, can you come in on Monday for a face-to-face interview? Yeah. Went in on Monday. And then again, can you come in again on Wednesday for another interview? And this was actually with the person who, with Victoria, who whose post I'd seen on LinkedIn. Okay. So then after that one, I was like, okay, cool. And then I remember I got a call the next day and they were like, oh, so how do you think that your interview went? Like, what was your, and I was just like, I have no idea. I think it was okay. I seemed to like them. And they were just like, well, they liked you too. And we'd like to offer you the role. Oh. So I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah. And yeah and i think the interviewing experience itself can be quite daunting as well especially in the beginning you know and there's all sorts of things you read online what to say what to do how to dress what not to say what not to do you know always ask questions eye contact you know (laughs) and i feel like i've read any and every one of those like how to ace an interview type things so i'm that's why i'm always just like i never know i can never tell because i'm just like and what i always tell to people especially when people were like asking me after once i got it like oh i'm applying for the next year can you give me an advice feel so rubbish because i feel like i'm not i'm not even sure how i did it myself yeah, so yeah. i can't tell you do you know what i'm saying <laughs> i can't tell you how i did it because i don't know yeah. but the thing i always tell people is just like you know be yourself because I found in my interviews to have a somewhat friendly rapport and I think if you take the seriousness of like oh this is for a job this is this is for you know the pressure away from it and just think of it as oh we're having a casual conversation it can be a bit better and so I think for me that's how I kind of approached it because obviously we were talking about international so we were talking about like what sort of artists do you listen to and I remember one of the questions I asked her was about like, you know, what do you think the next musical trend is? Like, what do you think about like, you know, Afro beats? So I was obviously very kind of like engaged and kind of interested in, in, in what they were doing. And I think as well, that's also a thing where people always say like, oh, do your research, yeah. uh, make sure you kind of look up the company and see what they're doing. And, you know, I feel like I always used to think that, okay, whatever. Because especially when it comes to like, asking questions, every time I'm always just like, no, I have no questions, that's it. But it's like, oh, always ask at least one question. Yeah. And so, you know, I find that like, if you take it as a way of like, we're having a conversation, it's friendly, no pressure, it can be a bit better. Yeah. Um, and so for, for me, I think, that's, I think that's what worked for me. Because the actual recruitment process is quite intense. Because mine was further down the line. So I didn't go through the official routes, but I know that normally you have to do like a presentation and you know, you have to do all of these different things. And I just know that if that was me, and that's where I would fall flat. Because yeah. from experience where I've gone to like assessment centers and stuff, I find it harder for me to break through when there's other people. Whereas when it's just an individual to face-to-face interview, I can bring more of myself. And obviously at that time, add things to speak on 
um, doing platform, you know, mm. working at Carnival, doing my writing. I had all of the different stuff that I could then use as well. But nothing's in vain, really, regardless yeah. of the fact that before you wasn't getting paid a salary, but that wealth of experience is what ultimately benefited you in the end to getting a paid job. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And I think it was one of the most eye-opening experiences for me. And I was like, I felt like I made it. Like, okay, I was like, wow. Even the fact that I was telling people I work at Sony, you know, iconic label that it is. It's like worked at a record label. I was like, this is actually quite crazy. I think as well, it's important to understand that everything's a process because again, I've known you for some years and everything that you're saying is it's taken time. It's not overnight. It's a lot of grind, dedication, consistency. Like you said, consistently hearing no, but consistently applying for jobs because at the end of the day, you don't know when that job is going to come. And if you're not putting yourself out there, the job isn't going to land in your lap. And I think that's really important. Any industry that you're going into is just knowing it's a very competitive field. Um, I've spoken of graduate internships in a previous episode. I never was fortunate, but as well, after a while I gave up Whereas in you've obviously kept going and you're now benefiting that, you know. So I think it's we've got to know that sometimes we've got to just stay tunnel visioned, keep going, trying to keep that motivation flowing. And like you said, LinkedIn, I know before you've mentioned to me as well when you was watching um I think the MOBOs, you looked at the credits. Yeah. You know, yeah. names and so yeah. you know what I mean, things like that. You're just trying to you try to get it anywhere you can, like who's that person who's that person doing lighting at the end of a documentary and that is so true yeah but also as well I think that's something that people also overlook Mm. is the fact that sometimes you think that okay if I want to get into it it has to be the record label it has to be live nation it has to be that when actually the fact is if you look at like any sort of you know award show or whatever and you just see the different people involved mm. which is what which, which is what i had done in the beginning when i was thinking about okay the brit awards who is involved with the brit awards how can i get myself to the brit awards you know what i'm saying and you're thinking about the people that do the lighting the people that do the production the stage design you know there's so many different avenues that you can think of and sometimes what what one thinks is the most conventional isn't for you but yeah. also by going down these different avenues, you can actually get more out of it than if you were going to go down the conventional that way. And that's the only way. You and know? you got to the Brit Awards by doing that. Is that correct? Yeah, well, I covered, I, I, I did cover the Brit Awards one year for ASBO. So that was like, you know, a thing. And again, it was like, you know, these situations that I found myself in when I was just like, that is how did that happen like that is crazy you know that I never would have expected to go for especially because because when I studied events a lot of the people that I studied who on my course like went into events directly so whether it was through a graduate program or you know working at a hotel or a hospitality conference whereas at that time I wasn't really sure if it was going to be like events directly but also because I don't know if I felt that I don't my degree to go to a waste, so I should look for something specifically in events. Yeah. But then I realized that even when you're talking about like education and the knowledge that you have, that can never go wasted. So even though like, you know, my, my the, the stuff that I'm doing and my day-to-day job isn't 
strictly events particularly the knowledge that i have and you know the experiences that i've picked up on my course are things that i'm still able to do and i'm still able to use in other avenues not just you know putting up putting one event on tomorrow yeah. but i think that's what underpinning knowledge that's what it, yeah it, yeah it's that foundation and it's it's thought provoking because yeah. you might have not fought in that arena if you didn't maybe do that particular module at university as well so i think that i think that's where you know it doesn't have to be like on par with exact the job specs but i think it's just that you know that sometimes for me as well i might be doing something with coaching and then like a theory comes up that i remember oh this study was done and this is maybe why my client might be reacting like this towards a certain situation or scenario in their life so it's just that underpinning knowledge that helps me identify things that are taking place when I'm coaching someone one-to-one and I guess it's the same with your course you was able to just have that foundational knowledge of events but again it still ties in it's relative to your industry anyway because events is a big part of the music industry yeah yeah yeah, definitely so your time at Sony you know like what was that like Uh, what did you learn what kind of tips and advice could you give someone my time at Sony, um, so I started in January of last year, and this was the year that I had applied and didn't get in because the program normally runs from October to October. Okay. So I came in like midway through. So mine was from January to October of next year, of, of last year. And so I was working in the international marketing department. And, you know, again, I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't even know what mar- what international marketing was. And I just stepped in to this whole arena of roles and people and things I had no idea had existed beforehand. You know, the fact that, you know, we have an insights department for that do like radio pluggers, like people actually, you know, get your music played on the radio. And obviously, you know, we have PR people that get your artist coverage and all that kind of stuff, but also departments like insights, media productions, we have like a whole sort of creative area, which is called fourth floor. And they have like brands, sync, and all of these things that if you if you say to someone, they might not know what you're talking about. But these are like the different avenues that you can think about. And for me, when I stepped into that building, I just knew that, okay, there is so much I can learn in this space. And so in this opportunity, I'm just going to take in as much as I can. And they were really good because the internship program as well is kind of built like that. So like we always had these like sessions where they would get different people in the building to come and talk to us about like the stuff that they do. So we had someone who worked with audience development, which is like, you know, social media and all about the digital marketing stuff. We had someone from, was it Insights or CRM, which is like newsletter, all of that stuff coming coming speakers so you got to know what the different different parts of the of the building were and it was something that they encouraged as well they were just like you know you're here talk to people in the building again that word network you know get to know different people and I would say that I didn't really think about doing that more so until the end I would say towards the end because I feel like I was just taken I was just in awe the whole time basically and I, you know, the people that I met there, still I have really good relationships with, you know, and the experience that I had there, while the work itself, you know, at an intern level is always kind of like admin 
and you know it's always doing this doing that doing that it still gave me a really good understanding and a deeper knowledge about like oh this is actually how an artist campaigns work an artist's campaign works so when a song comes out this is what happens here there these are the stuff these are the steps that happen and then because in international we're, we're taking those campaigns abroad so it's like okay if you're taking this to brazil or if you're taking this to spain these are things that you have to think about and you know so and so has a reach here this is how we capitalize on this so it was all just a learning experience of just taking in all of the different all of the different parts of the of the label yeah so what would you say were some of the pros in short and then the cons of your internship i would say the pros were definitely um getting to meet the people that i've met and you know having those relationships and people that i know that i will be friends with and will know for a long time i would say also just being in that space and in that space i mean that you know when you work in music you realize actually it's not actually that, it's not actually that big of an industry like it's quite small and so people know each other and you know just having that access to different people and getting to talk to different people about different things and i would also say another pro was just you know all of obviously all of like the knowledge that i got and just getting to work on the campaigns that i got to work on so like i worked on coffee last year i got to work on like a little mix all of you know big people that like i've always heard their music and now it's like i'm getting to work on you know their their, their campaigns like mark ronson um george ezra all these people that I'm just like wow this is this is really cool those were the pros and then for me i would say the cons were i think for me personally was that i found that in terms of what i wanted to do what my interests lied i realized that okay again this is something i've enjoyed and i've learned a lot from but i'm not sure it's my calling just because i realized that i'm someone who is very personable and friendly and as someone who wants to do things hands on and really get involved you know from from the get go where international marketing sits is quite it's like it tends to be later down the line and so the involvement for me anyway is quite secondary and so i think for me that, that was like one of the cons i could think of and then also it was just the fact that cuz i remember in the beginning when i first got there because it's like a big company it's like 500 people that work there and every other job i worked at before i was used to working in small teams the biggest team i had was a global citizen it was 14 people so now coming from that to sony that is like this massive building yeah. i remember just feeling so overwhelmed like oh my gosh and then of course all the other interns already knew each other because they all started from like october so i remember feeling very like oh gosh i'm the new girl I've come in late everyone's used to each other so in in the beginning it was, that was quite a hard thing for me but once we got past that it was great that was it and just talk me through even if it's just like a range what was like the salary from the top of my head i believe it was around 19k okay. i think for the year so yeah and so again that good for a uh, internship I think yeah I think most I think most internships tend to be 19 to 20 between 19 and 20 in that in that bracket 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was like the first time, you know, actually getting a salary and, 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 and having that. And again, that was something that I really appreciated. And I was like, okay, this is what proper work feels like now, rather than the pitiful internships I've done before <laughs> um, with a small change here and there. Yeah. This felt like an actual, like proper, like, wow, a paid salary yeah. with actual, you know, benefits and all. So, yeah. And um, what was it like when that was all coming to an end then? Did you, was you hoping to get kept on or did you kind of know in your head that I'm probably going to have to look for another job? I think in the beginning, there was always an idea that I had that, okay, I would want to stay. And especially now, like, you know, I love working at Sony and, you know, the people there, the culture there, everything about it, I loved. So that was my hope was to be kept on or to stay. And I remember even towards the end, like even jobs that were going around the building, I basically applied to like everyone. And, you know, unfortunately that didn't happen because at the end of my internship, um, I did leave. But I remember thinking like, oh, I want to try and find a way to stay here. And actually what happened is after I left, I was then out on my own again. And I was then applying again. And I ended up going back as a temp over the Christmas period in another department but again that was something that I realized that okay sometimes it's for you for that time and then there's nothing else and actually realizing it in hindsight I don't think that anything else possibly would have lent itself to what I was after yeah because I think I realized that afterwards that like okay from working marketing and doing things, doing, doing the stuff that I wanted to do. I would want to do something that's a bit more hands-on yeah. involved with the artist. And I think what people also don't realize is that there's so many different aspects to the music industry, as in a record label is not the be all and end all. You have so many different avenues, avenues, and you often think that, okay, if it's, if it's just this one, it has to only be that one. And so I, I was in a space of like realizing that, okay, I've, I've had this label experience. Let me see what else is out there and take it from there. So, and I yeah, knowledge so is power as well, because I, I, I know I'm aware of, I don't know if you've heard of them, I, I believe on Instagram, they're called Ultimate Seminars. Yes. Um, yeah, and they do a lot of, uh, especially during the first lockdown, I saw they did a lot of like lives um, with different people in the industry. And I, like, I saw so many different roles, like you spoke of earlier. Yeah. Like, that is a, I think it's a sinker is that the yeah sink I, um even like management and things like that you know artist managers you don't realize that like wow that's actually a thing that someone can do you know and there's um, so other like roles that like for instance when I when I think when they spoke about someone that like syncs music they are like the middleman for the artist and getting their music onto film television and you don't even think that's like yeah, something yeah. Like that's actually yeah. a job and stuff like that so I think yeah finding platforms like Ultimate Seminar and other kind of um, like pages or organizations that can they obviously are like a hub for people from different parts of the industry is a really good space and they offer so much online for free um, Definitely. So there is a information obviously you've got the known platforms like YouTube and stuff like that but yeah I think you know ultimately it's really just good to go out there and just find out you know the stories of people that work in different fields because I guess that's for me that's why I started this platform I really wanted to share 
career journeys of like people like yourself and just to speak about what your experiences have been because there's a lot of wealth in that yeah and you don't realize that when you're going through at the time but there's someone out there that's you know gonna be the new version of you you. but this i'm saying and i think when you're saying that especially for myself because when i'm just thinking about like when when i'm saying out loud to you right now like i've never really thought about it in this sense because you know people people have never asked me about it like this but when i'm just going through i'm just thinking like i'm okay i'm just i'm just doing this not knowing that way actually someone could hear this and think that that's pretty cool but again when i'm in that space and you know like like i said before whenever anyone asks me for advice i'm always just like me i don't know what to tell you because i'm still trying to figure it out myself i don't think any i don't think i have anything of use to tell you but as you're saying you know people's knowledge and people's experiences you never know it could help someone you know and that's what makes you an expert in your field experience like when someone becomes an expert in their field it's not because of money it's because of their experiences that that life brings us so you know I think that's just really important just to wrap up where are you at now with your career journey you know you said that you've gone through kind of all these different internships and job roles and you know have you now solidified kind of where you project going and what kind of work are you doing currently so after doing my 50,000 internships, <laughs> I am finally in a permanent position. Well <laughs> I'm, I'm working. At, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I said, I remember saying to one of my friends when I got the Sony internship, like, this is going to be my last one. Like, I'm not doing any more internships anymore. Yeah. Um, but so I'm now working as a music assistant at a company called Entertainment One. So they mainly do like film, television, that's like their main um, core business. But then they have a small music label in the UK. And so I'm working in that division as a music assistant, which is basically just like a label assistant. So like helping them set up releases, getting involved with like marketing, promo. And it's mainly like, you know, UK artists. So like our acts are quite small. So I think for me, it's been really good because again, just like from coming from like a grassroots level, really seeing, you know, building the artist campaign, you know, releasing the music, how building that and how how that all comes together. So that's where I am now. And I think, as you said, do I kind of have a plan or an idea of where my career to be? I feel like especially now during COVID, it's something I've been thinking a lot about because I think especially now when this pandemic came, I've been thinking like, okay, what do I want to do, where do I want to go? And because I started my job literally a week before we went into lockdown. So I started on the Monday, on the Tuesday. And then that Friday, it was like, okay, we're all working from home now. So I think especially now, starting a new role in this time, you know, normally you would be in the office, you would be face to face with people, you would, you, would, you know, you'd pop up, have a chance to get into the role, know the team, and all being that together obviously from home it's been quite isolating so it's been an interesting experience just even like you know the work that I'm doing you know the team I'm working with is great and everyone's really nice but also you know having that not having that you know day-to-day contact and that kind of environment has been quite hard and I mentioned to you before we started recording that I'm someone who when I work um 
I always like to separate myself from my workspace than when I'm at home. Yeah. So even navigating that in terms of productivity and you know the 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 whole flow of the work routine has been quite an interesting discovery during during lockdown. But I think the space that I'm at now is obviously I'm just absorbing what I can and I'm always open to anything. That's my thing, I think, is, is what I've taken away from most of my experiences. It's just like, keep an open mind. And you know, whether I'm in this job for a year, three years, five years, or I'm in this job until January, whatever, I'm always open to where, where my path might take me. The, the sky is the limit and you can really go anywhere from there. I still do writing. I'm still a part of platform. So those are things that I also still, I'm actively involved with and things that I'm passionate about and, you know, want to really continue doing. Mm -hmm. So whether it's like finding something that is cultivating those things plus what I'm doing at work or if it's going in a completely different direction. It's important to understand that we're in a new age of work now. So even you having your kind of hands in different places, it's not uncommon now. I think yeah. as well, that, that's, that's the norm. I, even if you do a CV, it's not uncommon to see someone does a bit of, you know, self-employment work. They might have a nine to five, um, you know, they've got little side hustles going on. Um, that, that's kind of how it is. And I think that's just the world we are in. And I know for myself as well, I have interest in multiple fields. So it's yeah. actually an amazing time to be in traditional work was you kind of had a job for life and then yeah and had your you know benefits or whatever from that role but now it's not uncommon to have multiple streams of income or not even just income but just have multiple interests yeah all interests may cultivate finances but it just might be things that you like doing so I think that's uh you know that's uh, something to to actually celebrate in our modern society that there's this new era of working and organizations also need to adapt to that. Um, That's true. So I think it's changing the landscape of careers, which is for me is exciting as a career coach. You know, it's nice to be able to help clients explore these, all these options now that are readily available. So, yeah. you know, you know, on the last note, uh, what would be some of your top tips then for those working at home, having to live in the same space? I think for me, what I have found useful or per se what I've tried to find useful because I think the boundary thing has been a thing where you know sometimes I'm so productive and I'm feeling like okay I'm doing what I need to do and I'm doing it then and there and other times I'm reading an email and it's taking me 10 minutes to do you know something that I would normally take me five minutes to do just because my brain is just not there it helps me to make to-do lists I find and I also think just also giving yourself permission to switch off. I've seen at this time, and not just from my own experience, but from also talking to other people, is people think that, oh, because we're now at home, people are accessible. So rather than logging off at six, which is something that I try to do on, on a regular basis, is still keeping those same working hours. People think that, oh, so-and-so is at home, so I can just ask them for any and everything at, at any night, time at <laughs> and I'm just like listen yeah I'm at home but I'm not here for you yeah. all the time so I I try to log off on as close to six as I can um sometimes I do sometimes I don't and I just let people know that okay 
you people might be okay working until 11 o'clock at night, but I am not. So if you want something from me, this is what you can expect in the hours that you can get. And for the most part, I think my team's quite good at that. And also I'm really lucky because my boss encourages all to switch off and take a break. So if I say, can I take tomorrow off? It's like, sure, fine, you know, because I think as well, mental health is something that has really been a thing. And that's not something that I really thought about before, because as I said, I always had that separation. So I knew that, okay, work is work and that's there, home is home and that's here. But when those two spaces are together, it can be quite intense. And especially, you know, when, so I deal with a lot of people, but so like even, even people, simple things like chasing you for invoices, you know, people asking you for things, you know, and it's coming at you constantly. It's like, I wake up and, oh wait, there's a problem with the delivery, or can you do this, can you do that? And then, you know, it can be quite intense. Yeah. And so I think even just allowing yourself to just have those moments and just telling people, you, I need you to stop for a minute yeah. and I will get back to you, yeah. but let me just deal. And then when I'm ready, I can, I can come back to you. Cause I think that's also been an interesting, an interesting discovery. So I think taking breaks, I mean, Zoom fatigue is very real. And yeah, it's something it's... that we've all had to deal with. I promise you, I feel like at the end of every Zoom, I'm always just lying on the floor with my eyes closed <laughs> because I need to just decompress. Uh, like honestly, yeah. I'm just sitting there with my eyes closed. Like, oh, I need to just read a book, listen to a podcast. Take I think for out. me, take time out, listening to music. I work with podcasts in the background. So anything I can kind of do that just kind of helps right. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is, is what I would recommend for people. There's no, I, I, I haven't mastered it in any way. And every day is different. Some days I'm just like, I cannot be bothered for work. You know, I'm just there staring at my screen. Cannot be bothered. And other days I'm like on it nine to whenever. Yeah. the get-go we'll go i think yeah one thing that i would take away as well from that is um important to manage people's expectations yeah um because i think like you said it can be quite overwhelming and again if someone does email you at, at night time it doesn't also mean you have to respond like yeah emailing you expecting you to respond they're just emailing you because they've chosen to work late but i think as well is for us to kind of be able to have a balance and not assume because someone worked till later hours they're expecting me to be up at 11 or 12 o'clock at night they might just be doing that so maybe first thing in the morning when you log back on you're able to see their email so again you know not to take things too uh personal but I think as well there's some etiquette in emailing that maybe we should um you know I know for me I've I've learned in Outlook you can delay an email so it actually will post the next day in normal that has been such a beautiful discovery (laughs) I had no idea and when I found that out, I was like, this is a godsend. Yeah, it's better. It doesn't make you look crazy. Like, why was you up at 1 a.m.? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the end of today's podcast. Don't forget to follow at It's CC Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow on Spotify and other known platforms. So, yeah, thanks again for listening. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, it's been an amazing conversation. Thank you so, so much. You I had a really got, good time. Yeah, got some good gems. I'm I'm always learning as well. And I'm always I'm inspired by other people's journeys. So again, guys, thanks for listening. And until next time, bye for now.